Hello, hello, Jordan. Natalia, what's hanging? <laughs> Nothing much. Excited to finally be premiering our podcast that we've been talking about for a while. Yeah, I'm excited to actually launch this thing and um, hopefully inspire just as much conversation as we have here today. Um, life is open-ended. We shouldn't be forced to answer certain questions. We should be able to answer and express ourselves in a multitude of ways, however we choose to. We should be able to uh, say what we find important, not what everyone else does. Yeah. Um, and hopefully create a better image, a better spiel of us along the way right. so that we could better express ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that especially as young adults, we're both recent college graduates. Um, go Terps. Um, and an almost Terp. Anyway, Hetsy oh. uh, <laughs> Terp. We'll call you half Terp. Anyway, I think that this stage of life, there's a lot of change that's happening. We're trying to establish ourselves in the workforce. Some of us, like me, are in school for another bajillion years. Um, we're trying to put ourselves out there to create a community, dating, just so many ways that we're trying to establish ourselves as adults and you know it's a lot there's a there's a lot of change going on and instead of doing it alone we can do it together through this platform where we can you know talk about what it's like to go through these changes i mean i know we talk about this but why yeah. not talk about it to a recording no absolutely <laughs> and and hopefully hopefully on that end you know making this into a community of talking about big ideas and being able to Get to know each other, understand each other a lot better. Yeah. Make that, the world a better place. Yeah. I mean, that's the goal. I feel like living in a busy city like New York, people are just like going about their lives, rushing everywhere they have to go and not really thinking about the person that they just passed and how that person's, like what, what that person's life might be. Like what, what are they up to? And we just get really like caught up in this very like narrow tunnel vision of like I need to do this I need to do that I know like I wake up in the morning I'm like okay this is my to-do list this is what I this is what's on my mind and sometimes I forget like there are so many people who have their own to-do list they have their own stuff going on and it's important to like zoom out for a second um yeah I think and I think part of that comes from uh, you know the conversations we have when we first meet people um you know I think usually we try to ask these kind of very easy to answer questions uh, to, I wouldn't say necessarily put people in a box, but to kind of know some basic quote unquote resume information about them. Yeah. Where'd you go to school? What's your job? Where do you live now? Who are your roommates? Yeah. And uh, it just helps you get to know someone on a surface level, but then at the end of the day, you're kind of making a surface level connection. And I think, mm. uh, like you said, asking people about their lives and how they're doing, um, you get to know them a lot better and also you could use that information to help you reflect on your own life a lot better. Um, That's so true. Like when we meet people, like we want them to like fit into this like neat little box. Like we want to just be like, oh, like, so you want to find something in common, which is natural because we want to connect to other people. But the things that we try to find in common initially are super surface level. Like, oh, like what schools did you go to? Where did you grow up? Um, like, oh, like you grew up in that place? Like we'll play 
if you're in the Jewish community, you play some Jewish geography, you find some people in common. But what does that actually do for your relationship? It doesn't do much. Like, okay, cool. Like, now you know that you both know, like, Avram Mahamelech. Does, like, does that mean that you suddenly have something in common? You don't, you don't know anything more about the person. Yeah, wait, I, I don't know any Abraham Mamela. I don't think he was ever like a kid. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I probably shouldn't teach that to the kid who I tutor. Hebrew and Janaic starts to Oh, yeah, so that explains a lot about education. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, But yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think like we, we stay at the surface level because it's easier and more comfortable and it protects ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we're scared to actually get, you know, deep and vulnerable with other people. And it's like difficult to do. But at the end of the day, it can have like, it can be so much more rewarding. Um, and that's something that we want to come out of this podcast is we want people to share their stories and be vulnerable. And it's really scary to do that. I'm, I'm reading a book right now by Brene Brown. She's really awesome. You guys should listen to her podcast, Unlocking Us. She's a very famous social worker. Um, and she does a lot of research on vulnerability. Um, and... I think that she just like serves as an inspiration to me as like the important that the opposite of vulnerability is shame. And a lot of times like we carry this shame with us wherever we go. Renee Brown, she defines shame as an intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love, belonging and connection. And so she talks about how it thrives on secrecy, silence and judgment. Um, and so I think we all just carry like a lot of shame around with us and we, we're like insecure to show people who we actually are. Um, and so instead of like being vulnerable and actually trying to like create like those deeper bonds where you have those surface level conversations because it's just easier and, you know, it, it's safe. That's fair. Do you have any like specific anecdotes you could share about like how you kind of have seen that in your own life with the people you've interacted with? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely guilty of it. Um, Like, if I go to shul or synagogue, like, and someone is, like, asking me about myself, like, I'll probably, like, present myself in, like, the best way possible. I'll... I'll explain myself like, oh, like I'm, do- I'm doing this career path. Like I'm in psychology graduate school. Like, oh, what do you, where, where, where do you want to go with that? Like, oh, like, I don't know exactly, but I want to work with kids. Like I'll present myself as like a lot more sure than I am. And like nobody sees like the bumps that it took me to get to this point. And nobody sees like that. Those people don't see that. Like I'm also still have like insecurities about like where I'm going with that. But you want to present yourself as like sure. And you want to present yourself as confident. So you make yourself seem like more sure of yourself. So I think I do that. It's hard for me to like say like what other people do because I don't because I don't know them. But <laughs> but yeah. but yeah, but you, you can you can't you can only talk about yourself. You know, like yeah, um, you can talk about other people. Just don't name them. You know, yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think like that's part of being human is you know being unsure. Whatever, it's not it's not necessarily like cool uncool. I should say to to be unsure. And I mean, at least for me, like. I struggle to connect with people who like come off as like perfect or like, you know, they know exactly what they're doing. They never had any struggles, any internal doubts. Like I think we all have internal doubts. Like there's nothing wrong with that, of course. Eventually you you shouldn't have these like internal struggles for so long. Eventually you should overcome them. And then of course new struggles will come, but that's life. Like overcome one obstacle and you know, you become a little stronger, a bigger one appears. But the way we connect as humans is presenting ourselves as humans, imperfect, struggling, but doing better every day. 
Yeah. And like, I definitely feel most connected to people when you see them struggling or when you see someone like in need and you're able to like relate to them or be there for them or be like, yeah, like I, I don't understand exactly what you're going through, but I know what it's like to feel that emotion. I know what it's like to go through something difficult. Like that's like how we connect to other people. And it's, it's hard because like this stage of life where like, I was saying this to someone recently, like, I feel like at this stage of life, since we're like in our twenties and like trying to figure things out, trying to figure out where we're going and we don't have like roots anywhere, like we're paying rent or not, we don't own anything. Um, and we're just starting to make a living. We're just starting to do all these things. Like I latch on to people for stability right now. Like my friends, my family, like that's what gives me stability right now. And like finding stability within myself because the place that I'm in is not going to give me that because it's transient. Like I don't have like roots where I am yet. Like I'm not, we're not like, you know, adult adults yet. So it's hard when you don't have like roots in a place to feel like, to feel, you know, that sense of like belonging as much. It's almost like uh, it's a gap year experience, right? Um, that you could kind of take this time to figure that out. Yeah. To, uh, because once those roots are planted, it's very, so you're hard to uproot them. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, at least kind of that, that's how I'm kind of treating the stage of my life right now. I figure out what I want. So then when, when, I fig- when I figure that out, I could, you know, plant my roots to keep this analogy going. Yeah. And, uh, and not look back. But I guess what's hard is like it, when, you're, when you rely on other people and yourself for your sense of stability, when those people's lives change or they figure out where they want to go with their life, like they figure out like, okay, I'm, I'm going to marry this person and move to this neighborhood. Like suddenly you feel behind or you feel like, wait, shoot, should I have been evaluating that? Should I have figured that out by now? And it's very hard in this stage of life because for the first time, like we're all like diverging and doing our own thing. We're all making different priorities from each other. Like we're all deciding like either to prioritize our career or our family life or like some of us like are still going on vacations with with our family, with our parents, like me. But then like I have other friends who are literally like, going to be creating their own families pretty soon. So it's this crazy life stage where you can have two people in the same room or the same age and doing like very, very, very different things. And it can feel very confusing uh, because psychologically we want to feel like we understand where we are in life and we want to feel like it's linear. But in reality, life is so not linear. Oh, absolutely. A linear would imply that it's one dimension. Yeah. You know? Um, And like you said, it's not like real life doesn't have like a college guidance counselor or whatever. <laughs> Tell or you know someone telling you to, which classes to take. Yeah, uh, there are infinite know. possibilities in real life, and it's so scary. Yeah, exactly. But you know, uh, the you know choice choice is overwhelming. But I think taking the time to do self reflection um, and figure out what you want, while at the same time you know looking out there, seeing seeing the choices. You want to you want to kind of figure out how to limit your choices while at the same time playing the field, seeing seeing what possible is out there because that that also will help reinforce your choices because a choice by definition is choosing one thing over the other. Yeah. Uh, a rabbi named Reb Zusha back in the day uh, uh, who said I I don't know that much more about him biographically but uh, can you uh, he's explain a very wise man. why like can you give me an example of why that would be true? Because we make choices. At least the way I see life is 
The only thing we're in control of are our choices itself, our, themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the consequences of those choices, you know, sometimes they're clear to us, but life is unpredictable. Um, you know, you could choose do, to do one thing and the complete opposite happens. You know, they say man make, makes plans and God laughs. Uh, it's an it's a old Yiddish saying. Life is, life is unpredictable. So all, the only thing we're in control of is our choices and we can't, you know, those choices will lead to certain consequences, but we definitely don't have control over those consequences. So all we could do is kind of hunker down, you know, think about what we should do and have solid backing for why we should do it. Right. And look, whatever happens at the end of the day, if you knew that, you know, you made a, a well-informed decision that was true to yourself and you had solid backing for why you made it. And I think ultimately, you know, time will tell that it'll be, it'll be the right decision because you were authentic about it. Yeah. And like, I mean, it's not always the right decision. Like sometimes it, sometimes it's, I think it's sometimes like the right decision for that time. Like, I think there are definitely like times where I've made decisions that like looking back at it, I'm like, okay, I understand why I made that decision then. I wouldn't make it again now, but we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. And me five years ago is not me now. And I think it's important that we like recognize how we change and recognize that we are always changing and that it's okay to, that we shouldn't judge our past selves because our, our past selves made those decisions based on the information that we had then. And that we have different information now, and maybe we'll make different decisions now. That's exactly. okay. Well, and, and exactly, but again, we're not we're not in control of we're not in control of what we know in the future. We can yeah. only we can we only have the tools and the knowledge that we have in that moment. Yeah. So you can't you know you can't look back. You know, regrets regret you know has some has some places uh, has some time and places that uh, it applies, but regret in general is uh, is essentially hindsight bias. Yeah. Uh, to explain the psych term, uh, when you look when you look back and you say, like, oh, like you know, I should have known that. Well, like, you couldn't have. If you should have known it, you would have known it. You know, it's very yeah. easy to, to look back and say you should have known it. Um, yeah. So you could. So you sh- you should never like kind of. Uh, again, if you if you if you should never really strongly regret something because again, if you learn from it also, then then uh, it was worthwhile in the end. If it brought you to where you are now, that it made you a stronger. Yeah. smarter person yeah right so since we're talking about how like we're constantly changing what do you think is like the essential part of a person that never changes like what like because i feel like that's a big part of what this podcast is about like what is like your shtick like what is what is it that makes you you like i'm in a class right now about personality and like we once used to think like researchers, not we. I hate when they say we as if like, yes, I am one of those wise old researchers. No, you could flex on it. Why not? <laughs> no, researchers used to think that personality was something that always stayed the same, but now there's research that shows that it changes. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what what is it about a person that makes them them, like, throughout their lives, no matter what happens? Big question. Do, do the researchers know? I have no idea. I feel like okay. this is not a question for researchers. It's a question for you, what, Jordan. What makes what makes me me? Like, what do you think? I don't know. You don't have to answer I for think, you personally, I mean, but that's that's the thing. Like, I I really think it, it's about the story because 
like who I was, who I am today is different than who I'll be tomorrow. But even on a more macro level, I'm very different than who I was a year ago. Yeah. Um, in some ways I'm the same, but I think, I think that journey is who we are as a person. I mean, you watch, you know, any, any movie, read any book, uh, you know, a novel about, uh, what's a Bill Dung's Roman, you know, coming of age story or just any, any story, the protagonist grows, develops in some way. Yeah. So if you're, if you imagine you're describing that protagonist's character, uh, do you describe how they were in the beginning or how they are now? Right. I think both are important for describing describing that character. You know, right. The, you know, you might say, oh, talk about how they are now, but they wouldn't be who they are now if they didn't have this experience and weren't who they are before. I, yeah. think, I think you can't really boil down who someone is to one moment in time. It's about the entire story. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, you can't boil it down. And, like, we are constantly changing and growing and we're a product of like so much like what we're a product of our experiences but also how we react to things how much we allow ourselves to feel things so many different things but we but at the same time we can't let can't let experiences define us yeah. you know experiences are one part experiences shape us but experiences them the experiences themselves aren't who we are the experience you know we we have different i'm saying experience too much we have different uh, life experiences, uh, different event, different. <laughs> Guys, take a shot every time Jordan says experience. Oh no, that that's a, that's a dangerous <laughs> game. Uh, it's like a synonym for experience. Anyway, um, we anyway. have you know different things happen in our lives, um, and what what makes us who we are is not that those things happen to us, but how we how we dealt with those experiences at the time and, and who we became, like how we reacted to them now. Yeah, and I think, like, the reason why we seek relationships so much and why humans are such social creatures is because we want we don't want those experiences to happen and just go unnoticed. We want to feel like, like, existentially, I think we want to feel like our lives are witnessed and understood in some way, which is why, like, the whole, like, point of having, like, a life partner, which is, like, such a crazy concept, is, like... You want someone to witness you as a whole person. Like your parents witness you as like a child and you being brought up. But then like in your adult life, you want someone to witness you like as an adult making your own life decisions and to see you for who you are. And even though someone can never fully understand your own your experiences, we want someone to like as closely understand it as possible is a really difficult thing because it's not possible but we want to get as close to it as possible <laughs> and so we're kind of always like on this tightrope of like please understand me but no one can ever understand us because when i say i feel sad and when you say you feel sad we could be this kind of goes back to a comment you made before but like we could be feeling completely different things mm -hmm. but experiencing it totally different ways um, but we both call it sadness because we've been socialized to call it sadness and we don't have the vocabulary to label our experiences. Like our vocabulary, like language is so limiting. We describe our experiences the best that we can, but first of all, some people are more articulate than others. And some people like, I mean, and also like there's only a certain amount of words that exist. So, I mean, some languages have more words, but we got to learn those languages. I, I know, but it's just crazy. Like we live a life where we can only express our like internal experience 
in a very finite way. And it's also just so crazy how like we are so finite and we can't like do like it, it's like life is crazy, man. <laughs> no, I, I mean, well, that that's one thing. That's one thing that's pretty. That's pretty clear. Yeah. But I mean, look, it's like. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing with emotions, right? It's like if I ask you right now, like, what does chocolate taste like? I've never had it. Like, can, can, you, can you tell me what it tastes like? Like chocolate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I think that's kind of the beauty of emotions, but in the, the fact that they're kind of is taste limitless. taste emotion? It's like a feeling. It's like a sense. Yeah. I mean, but if I say, like, describe, like, what, I can say describe, like, what sad feels like. Yeah. Like, without, like, saying, like, a specific anecdote, yeah, you know? It's not, yeah, you can't say it. I think, you know, the fact that emotion that emotions are almost kind of have this like limitless quality to them is the beauty of them. But I think even more so the fact that words have this limited quality to them. I mean, imagine if you could just express any idea just by kind of um, like just touching someone. And that would like, be so physically. cool. No, like, that imagine, Why not? It'd be so cool if okay. like you hold hands and suddenly the person like understands your idea. But if it were that easy, like there, there's beauty in the struggle of like trying to trying to explain yourself, you know? Yeah. Of because if it's if it was that easy to know people, there wouldn't be anything beautiful about knowing people. If you right, just... and there would be nothing distinct, but from one person to the next. Exactly. Like we would all be like one entity. It wouldn't be like separate human beings. Yeah, exactly. Imagine just right. walking past someone on the street. You know, you guys like you shake hands, and all of your life experiences yeah. and emotions just transfer over. Just like that. Oh, no, I don't want that. Oh, okay. I fine. just meant if, like, it could be cool if I had an idea that's hard to articulate and I could, like, touch someone and suddenly they understand the idea the way that I understand it. That could be cool, but I, I don't think it's realistic, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I saw Elon Musk is making progress with those neural links <laughs> the, the, the brain chips. But, you know, regardless of how you feel about that, I just think, again, there's, there's beauty in trying to express how you feel yeah. in terms that someone else could feel right. it also helps us uh empathize with people right, right? because yeah. we have to put ourselves in their shoes to right. explain ideas they have to put our, themselves in our shoes and that's that's really how you build bonds by by jumping into each other's shoes right right yeah no it's definitely true and what we were talking about before i think was really interesting how like i'm like doing a lot of interviews right now and in each interview you currently, you have to like present yourself in a certain way. You have to think about what do they want to hear? What is this company about? For me, like what are these like psychology practices about? Like what, what kind of intern do they want? And kind of like present yourself in a pretty like specific way. And it's crazy how like when you do enough interviews or apply for enough jobs, you learn how to very easily present yourself in a very specific way that it, you kind of can convince yourself that you are anything. And at the end of the day, like, when you go to sleep and you wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in the mirror, like, you don't want to see yourself and be like, oh, look, I'm that person who wants to work in an academic research center and da -da 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 -da, whatever other bullet points are on my resume that X company wants to hear. No, you want to look at yourself and not think of accomplishments that you've done, but think of, like, who am I and... What do I stand for? That's that's what's really so much more important. And I think like sometimes like I struggle with it, like being like addicted to like accomplishing things and doing things and feeling productive and feeling like this is this is like what I've done and what like what the impact that I've made. But at the end of the day, like that matters in some way. But we also have to like 
be able to take a step back and also be like, okay, but like, who am I? A separate from what I've done because we're separate from our experiences. We're separate from what we impact. We also are just a unique set of, you know, DNA just existing on a floating globe. Well, it's like they say. If, like Sar says. It, you know, if, if we're all unique, does that make us unique? Yes, like, it does. If everyone's unique, no one is. No, no but, but that doesn't even make sense. If everyone's yeah. unique, everyone's unique. I mean, I guess I, I guess I was playing that drinking game <laughs> that we mentioned before. I don't know what I'm saying, but uh, <laughs> no. But uh, I mean, have you actually have you seen the movie Encanto? Heard about it. Oh my gosh! But guys, everyone go see the movie Encanto. Why? I don't plug books and movies like not a. I, I don't just put random random plugs out there unless it's really worthwhile. You know, not to spoil it too much, but one of the premises of the movie is that everyone in the movie has superpowers, and they call everyone in this family uh, the Madrigals, and they they call it actually the movie Gifts you know, uh, intentionally. Um, one of them has like super hearing, one of them could control the weather, it's pretty cool. Uh, a big theme of the movie is that is that these people are very much defined by their gifts. And at some point, you know, uh, you know, when one of them starts losing their gifts, they have this whole identity crisis, like, like how, how am I still a worthwhile person without my gifts if I can't contribute to the world? Yeah. Um, not to say we should be ashamed of our gifts. We should definitely be proud of them. You know, the, the, the skills we have that we could use to better ourselves, our, the people around us and the world around us. But at the end of the day, there's something to our core that if you strip away all the gifts that we have, uh, that we are still worthwhile just because we are. Yeah. It's like another little plug for a movie, but it's like in the movie Soul. Have you seen that oh, wow. movie? We're just dropping these Disney movies. Okay, right but now. the movie Soul. Disney movies are awesome, guys. That's that's the takeaway. Here. <laughs> the movie Soul is all about like, like what what is like your soul? Like what is what what is like what's like your spark that makes you you? And a lot of times it's like an inclination towards something or like a passion for like a general thing. But it's not like it's not like a passion for for like dancing or a passion for writing or a passion for drawing. It's more like a passion for feeling uh, for perceiving the world in a specific way like one of the characters in it i'm trying to remember it's been a while but like it's like a passion for like connecting with other people or a passion for you know like slowing down it's it's more like a passion for like a way of living like we all like have like a different energy i don't know i sound very like <laughs> like meta mystical yeah we all have something unique that makes us who we are and you know, like, so much about life is, like, I don't know. You, you see that, like, with every generation, like, like we're eventually going to become old and frail. God willing, that's actually a good thing. Um, and so our bodies are finite. Everything's changing of that. The world is always changing. Everything is always changing. But there's something inside of us that's constant. And that's what we got to tap into. Like, what is that thing? That makes you you and is constant no matter what. And is constant no matter, like, if all the circumstances changed, if a pandemic randomly hit, if, uh, if. if you suddenly, like, were unable to, uh, if your body didn't function the way it did, like, what, what would be you? I think those are the questions that we sometimes run away from asking ourselves what are the most important questions because that actually gets to, like, what is it like 
behind all those walls. Like we may present to the world in a specific way and we may look a certain way. And people might, people who like see me down the street might like, like make a lot of assumptions about me. I'm sure for like a lot, people make assumptions about everyone. I do too. But like what, what's behind those layers? What would that person like discover if they got past that one barrier? And then like once they get past that one barrier of realizing like, oh, okay, she might actually be friendly in New York. Then like what's behind that barrier of like, the things that like I don't want to like show that I might not want to say on this podcast, you know, like we all have layers, and like the first, the deeper in we go, the the less people we want to share it with because the more, because the scarier it becomes, because the more like vulnerable we are, and because the more we feel like if this is what makes me unique, like if something is makes you different, we automatically fear something wrong with us. Like, if I have something that's different about me than other people, I automatically am going to be, like, a little bit self-conscious of it and be like, oh, wait, like, everyone wants to fit in. We all want to, like, feel like we're normal. Like, Yeah. We all want to feel normal. But it's like, at the end of the day, the thing that actually makes you special is the thing that's not normal about you. <laughs> and, like, that should be celebrated. Yeah. That shouldn't be the thing that we, like only want to tell like one significant other about like we should be able to like it should be a good thing to that we each have something different about us like we like i don't know our society is super like into image especially with social media like it's all about like fitting in like looking perfect acting perfect TikToks, like with a specific dance, specific Instagram posts. With it's specific... sounding very boomer right now. Well, <laughs> no, we no. are. I mean, like, I mean, no, I'm not a boomer. I'm a millennial. But like, you know, like, we're all about like fitting in, and like, why would you want to fit in when you were born to stand out? Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I don't know. Um, look, I mean, we, you know, we as humans, we're very. First of all, we're very. Uh, we're visually dominated creatures, so you know naturally we're going to make assumptions based on what we see. Yeah. And evolutionarily, um, definitely, definitely by no means an evolutionary scientist. Yeah, yeah. Evolutionarist, okay. if you, I, I don't even know. What <laughs> Go on. But yeah, but uh, but I guess evolutionarily, um, it's you, you know we have to kind of you know make make snap judgments about what we see. Not even just people, just yeah. not situations. What's dangerous? What's safe? What's right. beneficial? What's harmful? Um, because yeah, in life, life, you know, you got to make you got to make snap judgments. Uh, you right. Know, you know when it's safe to you know uh, cross the street, or you know if we were constantly deliberating and trying to get as much information as possible, right? Uh, we would drive. That's how we survive? Crazy. Yeah, exactly. So it's a balance, right? It's you know gleaning as much information as you can on that first snapshot image, while taking the time to uh, gather more information. And I think in terms of discovering our own self-identities, I think that's a question only we could, you know, we can answer. And by that, I mean only I can answer about me, only you can answer about you, only each of you listening right now can answer about yourself. Yeah. That really just takes the time and deliberation. You know, some people like to meditate. I like to take voice notes, reflection. Um, voice notes, like, to yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Like, uh, on voice memos, yeah. Um, Is I guess, this one of them? I, I guess kind of. <laughs> But it, it, it usually, I mean, usually just That's like cool. me. Oh, thanks. Because yeah. I also like process out loud. So I get why that would be like therapeutic in a way. Yeah. So I, because I, I don't like writing things down. Mm. Um, I have a bullet journal. Oh, really? Yeah. I, That's good. I really like doing that. Because like, good. the reason why I like the bullet journal is because like, gives you like the outline of like, like I make like myself a chart for the week and it says like things like 
physical health, mental health, like social community, like different categories. And then at the end of the day, I like fill in each little box so I can like, I can think about like, oh, did I take care of my mental health today? Did I take care of my physical health today? So I like socialize with people today and just like briefly like reflect on like, did I like take care of like each of these parts of my life that matter? Obviously don't always do all of them, but it's just like a way to like orient yourself every day to like, these are the things that matter to me. And like, I'm going to try to, you know, do my best in each part, but yeah. Oh, it's really mindful. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Bullet journals are great. Wow. I, I um, so I, the reason I do voice notes is because I like being able to hear the tone of my voice when I write something down, especially if it's like yeah. thoughts or feelings. Um, like I can look back on that later and not understand my tone or I'll be like, Oh, I didn't really mean that. Like right. if I actually like say it, then like I could, you know, I won't even listen to what I'm saying when I like replay those, those voice memos. I'll just be like, okay, based huh. on like, you know, I could tell that like I, I was, I was more emotional here. I was more lighthearted here. I was more solemn here, uh, based on the tone of my voice. Yeah, that's so cool because like other people can tell when they hear you like, Oh, like they can, detect like if you're like tired like I don't know I was FaceTiming with someone the other night and they were like oh like you sound really tired and I felt tired but I had no idea that I was talking as if I was tired like slurring my words and sounding very tired you sure this wasn't the drinking game <laughs> no I was doing homework with someone oh, okay. and I was tired because statistics is boring um and yeah no it's cool because like you don't hear yourself and you don't realize like that you sound different when you feel different things. Like, other people pick up on it. Maybe I should start this voice memo. Nonsense. Sounds kind of cool. Not nonsense. Yeah, wow. Good, good sense. <laughs> Thank you. Good I sense. I meant good there sense. No, just, just, <laughs> I couldn't think of a word for it. Sure. But yeah, we hope that this podcast, that the, the guests that are going to come on it will be able to share with us what's your unique take on life? What's What are the experiences that you've gone through that have shaped who you are? and you know made you the person you are today maybe we should like start it off by giving giving them an example <laughs> from our lives uh, um, i don't know yeah I mean, should we uh you know definitely you know potentially future podcasts uh, okay off the, you know off the top of my head yeah so there you have it folks hope you enjoyed and uh let's uh Let's do some awesome stuff. Let's do it.